Leaders in Worship Podcast, episode number two. Welcome to the Leaders in Worship Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Perkins, and I'm excited that you have tuned in. Our desire is to equip, connect, and develop leaders in the area of worship ministry. I hope today that you would be able to take some of the information of this podcast and be able to apply it in your ministry. Also, we're new on iTunes, so would you take a couple minutes and leave us a review? That will help us be able to spread the word and uh, get other people to use this podcast and the information. I would love it if after listening, you could maybe shoot me an email if you have a question or a comment for a future episode. You can go to leadersandworship.com and you can connect with us there. Well, today we are talking about four areas of commitment for every worship team member. Now, these are not things that you hope that they would commit to or maybe they would kind of work into. Uh, These are non-negotiables. These are things that they are signing up for and saying, yes, in being a part of your worship ministry at the church, this is what I am saying yes to. Now, in all of our churches, there are different needs, different expectations, maybe Uh, Those are based on several factors. It could be the culture of your church, what style of worship that you have, and and that will dictate how many people you need on your team. Uh, If you have a choir, is it a more traditional-based choir where they're singing anthems? Is it uh, contemporary? They're more of a worship-leading choir? So many factors that go into that. Uh, Just a look at the background and the the church where I serve. Uh, My wife and I are worship pastors at a church in Orlando, Florida, Faith Assembly. And we have been there for a little over five years. And in our setting, uh, we do have a choir. Um, It's a contemporary worship style. It's a worship-leading choir. We, In addition to that, we have... On our praise team, a front line and back line, and we have four morning services. So we have a 8 o'clock, 9.30, 11.15, and a 1 o'clock in the afternoon service. We have to work out some uh, logistics on how many services are they going to be singing for, how many are they expected to sing for. For our band, they play for all four services and that helps keep consistency so that we're not changing out. Uh, We do change on our praise team after two services. First and second will have one praise team, and third and fourth might have a different praise team uh, set up. Uh, We change those just so uh, we give more people opportunity. But in addition to that, it, uh, it makes for a long day when you're singing four services. Some Vocal members will stay for all four, and uh, that's always a a huge plus uh, when they are willing to to do that. We have two campuses, and in our other campus, uh, that is new this year. Uh, we started in January, so for the last six months, we have been facilitating worship on two campuses. So when we're talking about commitments and level of commitment. Maybe if someone approaches us and says, hey, I, I've been thinking about being a part of the choir. I've 
I've sat back and I've watched for a long time. I've attended here, and I want to get involved. Maybe you have someone that's brand new, and and they approach you and say, boy, I'm new to church here, but I love the worship, and I want to get involved. What are some of the things that we initially tell them? Um, they might say, what, what kind of commitment is involved? Well, there are four areas of commitment that each team member needs to make. And in my opinion, these are things that you, you can't fluctuate or you can't bend on these things. These are, these are areas that have to be committed to. So if people are coming to you and asking, uh, I want to get involved in worship ministry, what is required? What are the, the commitments? You know, we might respond by saying, well, we have rehearsal on Thursday nights, and, and you need to make, make those rehearsals. We have our Sunday services, and you need to make those and make those a priority. Um, that's really not what I'm talking about in this podcast today. I'm talking about four areas that are, uh, these are requirements. You have to hit these. The first area of commitment is they have to be committed to Christ. Now, that might seem like an obvious thing, and and you're looking at it saying, Matt, why would you even say that? People come from various backgrounds. Uh, they have different ideas. They might be new to your church, and they come in, and really, they're just trying to work out their salvation. They're trying to figure out, hey, what does all of this mean? And And they're coming from a different mindset and they see the stage and they look at it and go man I want I want to be involved in that and maybe they're being moved in worship and and they really don't understand exactly what all is happening in a worship service but they're coming in well I'm fine with people being at different levels I don't think someone has to sign a a form saying I've been a Christian and I've been a follower of Christ for six years, and so now since I've hit the six-year and three-month mark, now I'm qualified to serve on the team. There are going to be people at different levels in their walk with Christ and their in their relationship, and that's okay. But we need to be growing them. They need to be exposed to worship outside of just Sunday morning. They need to be spending time and developing and cultivating their walk with Christ. So first, they need to be committed to Christ. Secondly, they need to be committed to the church. Um, Beware of someone who is willing to instantly commit to the stage, but won't commit to the church. You know, when, when people come up to you and approach you, and they're just looking at the stage, they're looking at the lights, they're looking at maybe the things that they were feeling when they were a part of that worship experience and say, man, I'm, I'm new here, but I want to I wanna sing on the stage. I want to sing. Always listen to what people are saying when they're talking about getting involved. What are the things that motivate them about getting involved? You never want someone who is going to instantly commit to the stage, but won't commit to the church. So how do you know if they're placing the stage above the church? Well, for one, they're never going to show up unless something benefits them. Um, If they're not on the stage and, and something isn't working out so that they can get 
whatever it is that they need to be fulfilled, they're not going to show up. Secondly, if they're not scheduled, they're not going to make it to church. That is something that someone does when they're placing the stage above the church. They won't sit through a Sunday morning message. Uh, They do the worship time, and then they're just going to kick back and and bow out of the the message uh, because they did their thing or, you know, they're treating it more like a gig than they are a time of worship. When someone uses the phrase when they're coming in to worship or maybe they're a part of the team that says, boy, I just can't worship when I'm in the congregation. I need to be up there on the stage. Those are warning signs that that person needs to learn just how to be a committed church member without, you know, before joining the team. You know, there are times even when someone has a great attitude, they're committed to the church, they're committed to the team, but there are times when, for whatever reason, someone might need to take a step back and just kind of sit in the congregation and be a solid church member and just receive. In our setting, with the number of services that we have, we also have a Wednesday night uh, worship service that is probably a little more extended in our time of worship. Uh, When people are giving out all of the time, it might be necessary that someone takes three weeks and they just worship in the congregation and is fed and just receives from God during those times. But you have to be discerning through each each team member. So first, they need to be committed to Christ. Secondly, they need to be committed to the church. And the third thing, they need to be committed to the team. Never get so enamored with someone's gift that you don't take the time to get to know their heart. Uh, if someone gets on your team that is not committed to the team, they're just committed to themselves, Boy, it can be a cancer to your team unity and really be disruptive to the team. Um, In the show notes, I have a link to a book by Rory Noland, and it's called The Heart of the Artist. This is one of the finest books on uh, developing the heart of the person that's on your team and making sure that, that... you check your own motives and and why do I do what I'm doing? But there is a section in this book, and uh, I just want to give you there there are ten things that he lists, and it talks about the volunteer versus those who are called by God and see their role as a ministry that they are called to. Uh, number one, volunteers see their involvement at church as community service, but people called of God see it as ministry. Secondly, volunteers whine about what's what it's going to cost to serve, but people who are called are committed to serving. Number three, volunteers shrink back from resolving relational conflict, but people called of God seek to resolve relational conflict for the sake of unity in the church. Number four, Volunteers look upon rehearsal as another commitment that they're obligated to fulfill. But people called of God look forward to rehearsal as another opportunity to be used by God. Let me just say this. Make sure in your rehearsals you are taking time to allow God to speak to them, uh, to speak to you, to be able to to be recharged and, and be fueled up. 
our worship times on Thursday nights are some of the most incredible times of worship and prayer just to say, God, uh, we're giving out on Sunday mornings. Sunday morning, we want to see you move. But on on those rehearsal times, it's important, and we make sure we take time to just practice worshiping God and practicing the presence of God. So the fifth thing, volunteers do no outside practicing or preparation, but people who are called of God come to rehearsals and a performance as prepared as possible. Number six, volunteers are not open to constructive criticism. They get defensive about it. But people called of God are grateful for feedback because they want to be the best they can be. Number seven, volunteers feel threatened by the talent of others, but people called of God praise Him for distributing gifts and talents as He chooses. Number eight, volunteers want to quit after the first sign of adversity or discouragement, but people called of God dig in and persevere. Number nine, volunteers find their main source of fulfillment in their talents and abilities, but people called of God know that being used of God is the most fulfilling thing you can do with your life. And number 10, volunteers can't handle being put in positions where they are going to be stretched, but people called of God respond to God's call with a humble dependence upon Him. You know, that... um, I encourage you, if you have not read The Heart of the Artist by Rory Noland, um, make sure that you check out. There's an affiliate link in our show notes here today, and I encourage you to go and pick up this book. And you might want to order, you might want to order copies for each of your team members. Uh, in our worship arts department for our music and media, um, we had all of our staff go through this book. And we talked about it each week and and talked about different things that God was speaking to us through this book. Just each chapter, it was it was a phenomenal book, and, and I still go back and, and read it very frequent. So thirdly, they need to be committed to the team. The fourth thing is committed to the task. You know, if you have someone on your team that they are committed to Christ— they're committed to the church, they're committed to the team, then it's going to be easy for them to commit to the task. What are some of those tasks? Well, rehearsals, that's for one, they need to make rehearsals a priority. That isn't something that uh, is an optional thing. Uh, They need to make that a priority. Um, Secondly, uh, with that and being committed to the task, commit to their role. Uh, What is the role that they're called to serve in, and uh, knowing that um, God has placed different gifts, different abilities in each person. And so we need to know the role that we're called to serve in. The third, that this is not a duty, but it's a privilege. It's an honor to be a part of a worship ministry. And man, have the having the uh, privilege of worshiping God on a Sunday and see God transform lives just through His presence, just to have a part in that is an incredible honor. So we need to be committed to the the rehearsals, their role, and knowing that it's a privilege and not a duty. 
And they need to have the mindset is what I do and the part that I play really matter. So if they are a part of a choir, the part that I play, I may be one of 10 people, I may be one of 100 people in a choir, but the part that I play really does matter. What I bring to the platform, that I am prayed up, that I am ready to worship God, that me being there really matters, and it's going to make a difference in the worship service that day. If people are committed to these four areas, they're committed to Christ, they're committed to the church, committed to the team, and they're committed to the task, you are going to see some incredible things happen in your team. It doesn't mean that everyone is going to be at a superstar status. Um, It doesn't mean that uh, you're going to be able to do each of these songs and just the way the artist recorded them. But you're going to have a team that is committed and understand what it is to not just be a volunteer that's filling a spot, but they are a person who is called by God to serve in that team. They're going to be committed to Christ. They're going to be committed to the church. Whether they are on the schedule that day or not, they are going to be a worship leader in the congregation or on the platform and uh, be pouring out. They're going to be committed to the team. They're they're going to resolve conflict in a godly way. They're going to uh, really be praying for the worship services for that weekend, and they're going to be committed to the task. Whatever role that they serve in, they're going to be faithful. When you have those four things in your team members, you are going to see God do some phenomenal things in your church. It's not about just growing our ministry or our little thing that we're doing. It's about growing the church and seeing people built up and not torn down. So today, I hope that you have uh, gotten something from this information. I know that God is doing some incredible things in your life and in your church. And today is just the beginning. You're going to see things happen beyond what you have even hoped or dreamed. And uh, if we keep these things in our team, um, there is no limit to what God is going to do. Well, thank you so much for joining us today on this podcast. And if you could, visit our website, leadersinworship.com. There is a button that you can click on the right-hand side of the screen that says, Send us a voicemail. We would love to get your feedback. If there's a question that you have, maybe a, a topic that you would like for us to cover in a future episode, please leave that. You can also call us on our Google Voice number, 407-308-5323. That's 407-308-LEAD. Or you can email me, matt at leadersinworship.com. Well, God bless you, and thank you again for tuning in to the Leaders in Worship podcast.